0: This episode is brought to you by Shuggies.
1: Shuggies is on a mission to sweeten people's lives and create little moments of happiness and joy every day. Isn't that nice?
0: That's so nice. (laughs) So Shuggies is infused cane sugar and infused agave nectar.
1: And you can use Shuggies wherever you would want something to be a little sweeter, like stir it into your coffee in the morning or brew up a batch of lemonade on a hot summer afternoon.
0: That sounds so refreshing. Mm -hmm. I would use it in baking.
1: Oh, what would you make? Right
0: now? Right now? I'm kind of into snickerdoodles, if I'm going to be honest. I feel I love like they're the them. yeah, right? Like nobody remembers them and every time I see one, I'm so pleased. So, I'm trying to find a really good snickerdoodle recipe right now.
1: Yeah, make a fat snickerdoodle and put some shuggy's on it and call it a shuggy doodle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Check them out at com. That's S H O O G I E S.com or find them on Instagram at that shuggy's feeling.
0: Yeah, that Shuggy's feeling. I want that feeling all the time.
1: Yeah, elevate your everyday with Shuggy's.
0: Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. Mary Jane. How's
1: it going Mike? (laughs) (laughs) We are getting high today. Yeah we did. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you. How are you? Oh
0: man. Oh man. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Fun day.
1: Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about cannabis, comedy, cooking, culture, and calling shit out.
0: (laughs) I like when you went boop that your neck got long. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Got to
1: lengthen to get high. Get the high notes, the heady notes.
0: Oh, from your diaphragm. That's all I know. It's everything I say when I'm like, because look at my posture. I'm a question mark. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, you should sit up.
0: All my organs just like fold on top of each other like a bed inside a couch.
1: Oh, no. That's
0: what it feels like most of the time. Oh, geez. That doesn't feel like it, but that's what I picture my organs are most of the time because I'm such a huncher.
1: Yeah, we all do the computer hunch nowadays. Yeah, right. You know, people are developing bone spurs at the base of their skull because of tech neck. Have you read about this? No, I haven't. So that that hunch, you know, when you're looking at your phone or whatever, when you're looking down and you develop that curvature of the top part of your spine is called tech neck. Like it's a diagnosable go to the chiropractor and get retrained to fix it kind of fucking thing. And evidently there's also this thing that's happening because of the weight of the head pulling forward on the neck now that people are developing a weird little bony protrusion Mm -hmm. at the bottom of the skull
0: so we're evolving
1: we're getting horns due to our tech use
0: that's so fucking cool
1: well yeah i think that's it's it's kind of not a great thing
0: it's not now for us (laughs) but if we do live past five years and we see like evolution like if we live for another million years if there's a future like that's evolution because that's not like we're gonna stop having that It's not a
1: good kind of evolution though what do you mean we're
0: adapting to the world around us to keep living
1: uh, yeah, I don't I don't agree with that being a good evolutionary evolving toward looking at phones. It's being an adaptation. A, a good thing for humanity, though. Yeah, it's an adaptation, not an evolution. Exactly.
0: Word. That good makes a lot more sense. Nice. Yeah, right? Because that... You're right. That does make, thank you for calling it out. Yeah. That is nice. Ooh, the <laughs> transformation. I love this. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what else, what's been going on with you?
0: Oh, well, we were talking before this about first date deal breakers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And okay. so I wrote it down in case we wanted to continue it before we hit record. I
1: do want to continue it because it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: do you have one? I do. I wouldn't, my, one of my deal breakers is straight up, like if the person orders soup, Oh. I think that's bad news because I don't want to hear the slurps. I don't want to see the spoon. I don't want to see them blow on it. Soup's pretty. The whole thing it would be a deal breaker for me because who craves soup?
1: You don't want to see the spoon?
0: No. What are you having
1: in spoons, Mike?
0: I don't want to see your lips make that weird shape when you go towards a spoon to slurp.
1: It's like the kissing face. You would think you would want to see that from your date. Like, look, they're puckering up to get ready to give you a sweet smooch. I think soup eating would be a great way to sort of like gather information about what kind of a kisser that person might be.
0: You think so? You yeah, could, they blow they like, on your lips. Well, cause things like, are like,
1: <laughs> and then like, <laughs> you don't want to probably hook up with that person. But if they like blow and kind of like a, and then they're like, maybe you're like, ooh, I think that's sexy. So I feel like you could tell a lot about someone by how they eat their soup, and that you shouldn't be anti soup on a first date.
0: Wow, the information gathering just totally changed my mind.
1: So, I mean, Absolutely. that's what you're doing on a first date. It's also you're like gathering if somebody, information and trying to yeah. figure out whether or not you're gonna bone. Yes right yeah You're because not falling it's falling in love on a first date
0: probably not no yeah it's a point system towards Potentially sex and relationship. Yeah.
1: So I'm, I don't know, maybe you are falling in love on a first date. Red flag, run. <laughs>
0: I'd like that too, because I, being a little bit dumb, always like <laughs> blow on it or something and mm-hmm. then slurp and then I'm like hot because I just blew on it once and then still was like, oh, yeah yeah you know, so that's also a recessive gene that you might not want swimming around in your pool. Dumbass just
1: burned his mouth on the French onion soup. He can see the steam. He can see the hot cheese. <laughs> Clearly he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Waiter, check. <laughs> <laughs> i think
0: you can tell a lot by it. yeah soup. that says oh man the ordering at the restaurant on a first date it's really intense yeah
1: i would i would never trust anyone who uh first date deal breaker for me would be Anyone who ordered anything on a first date that required a wet nap <laughs> or like a finger bowl, I just don't want to like you watch like- you wipe your fingers with a little towel. I don't want that on a first date.
0: You're not, you're talking minus barbecue season.
1: Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. If we were like eating ribs at a, you know, festival or something, obviously I'm not going to mind if you like clean yourself up afterwards. But if you're, I think first date. hmm for me, it would be going somewhere that's kind of nice, and um, I wouldn't want to like have you order the lobster and then be you know covered in butter and wiping your fingers in a weird kind of pervy way with your weird moist towelette. I don't like them.
0: And then there's nowhere to put that towelette. Like I love the napkin because you hide your dirtiness under the table. Yep. With a wet nap. What are you going to balance those on your knees? Yeah
1: like what a crumpled wet nap on the linen of the no thank you.
0: Yeah it reminds me of the person you saw when you were at the Gap and you saw that person with the bag of popcorn.
1: Oh my god she had buttery popcorn and she was strolling through like fingering all of the underwear. (laughs) It was so weird. I was like uh secure uh, how are you getting away with
0: this? Security should take How
1: did you get into The Gap with a bag of buttery popcorn? (laughs) And why would you think that it's okay to be eating the buttery popcorn and then putting your buttery fingers on things for sale, whether they be underwear or anything? Underwear, though, is like Like,
0: unconscious, unconscionable.
1: It was super weird.
0: Thank you for choosing a simpler word.
1: (laughs) Yes, I buy my underwear at The Gap. (laughs) Don't judge me. I sometimes go to Macy's when I can afford it, but there was a sale at The Gap and I got 40% off, so...
0: Gap is a stalwart. Listen, trusty as hell.
1: Got them for, you know, like a buck a pop.
0: Yeah? Yeah. Buttery ones? I got 100 pairs. I'm never washing <laughs> got, them again. You
1: got I'm Just wear and throw
0: away. 100 pairs of buttery popcorn fingered underwear. underwear at the Gap.
1: It's a new line. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know what I heard the other... On Tender Friends podcast. Yeah. Quick plug before we get into word on the tree. Yes. Um, Tender Friends did a podcast with Stephen Kramer Glickman, friend of the show. Hell yeah. And... Glickman told the story on this week's episode of Tender Friends about he, a a 14 to 16 year old played piano, Mm -hmm. Lady Gaga's, uh, Lady Gaga's uh, paparazzi on Mm -hmm. piano. Mm -hmm. It blew up and went viral because it was shot on phones. Um, Ellen discovered the kid, brought him on to sing it, went worldwide. And then she said, by the way, we have a record deal for you. Congratulations. And that's your surprise. The record deal happens. All this happens. It turns out- Ellen is part owner in that record company. They discovered the kid early, set up the paparazzi video to look like it's at home and self-discovered, and they put it and built it in a studio and built the viral video for him to come out, pretend that he was discovered, and then act like he already wasn't signed to the label.
1: That is some old school Hollywood studio bullshit. Like, that's like back in the fucking day, Machinations.
0: Fuck yes, it is. Yes. Right?
1: Fantastic. Crazy. So manufactured. What can we trust? What? Nothing. Lizzo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We can trust Lizzo and Lil Nas X. (laughs) Yes, we can.
0: Yes, I do. Yes. (laughs) God damn.
1: Wow. That's nuts.
0: It is. Uh, that's a good segue to work into Mona from word on the trees. Somebody else we can fucking trust.
1: Yes, it is. Fucking thank you. And so cool. So shout out to Mona Zhang, who is behind word on the tree, which is powers the Grove of the where we get everything good in cannabis news. And Mona just this week announced that she is joining Politico as a cannabis policy reporter. Um, it's an international media outlet and she's going to be on staff there doing wow. cannabis policy reporting. So congratulations, Mona. Couldn't happen to a more deserving, more talented fucking force in cannabis reporting. And a great writer. and
0: So much good work.
1: Yeah. So, um, And she's handing off the reins to another journalist who will be announced. So still follow outward on the Tree for everything you need to know in cannabis. But um, follow and- Mona at Politico. And you can email her if you have um, news or any tips to share. She says you can email her at mzhang, that's M-Z-H-A-N-G, at politico.com. So if you have like a story from your home state that you want her to know about.
0: It's real. Head her up. Wow. Ooh, I bet she felt so good putting that email right there with Politico in the title. That's your
1: new email. That's
0: a great feeling.
1: So great. So um, do you want to do a news story?
0: Let's. Yeah, this is a celebration, and the news story is a celebration. Today's a good day.
1: Yeah, the news story is a celebration of what's going on in New York, where Mona's based. East Coast, great news, marijuana is officially decriminalized in New York.
0: Bum, 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 bum. So
1: the um, new law was greenlighted by Governor Andrew Cuomo last month, but it took effect uh, last week and it downgrades the criminal penalty for the unlawful possession of pot from a misdemeanor to a fine. The law also removes criminal penalties for possession of less than two ounces and also is going to expunge uh, a bunch of marijuana convictions. Over 160,000 people are going to have the records expunged for low level nonviolent drug offenses in the Empire State. So congratulations to New York. And they're working on legalizing it for adult use as well in hopefully the near future.
0: Hell yes. Shout out to homies Christina. Shout out to Danny Danko. Yes. Shout out to everyone in New York. Yeah. Claw money.
1: That's where my entire career in cannabis started working for High Times when they were based out of New York. And it's just, there's fucking East Coast OGs. And when that state comes online look out everybody else because they know how to fucking grow and they know how to fucking capitalize on good weed and i'm just so excited for the boom to
0: hit the east coast it's gonna be amazing we are going to become the major exporter of cannabis for the globe like we're everyone's trying to do it right and there's so many fucking problems But fast forward to when everything gets dialed in and it's a machine and we're going to be the exporter of cannabis for the entire world.
1: It would be fantastic to see that happen for the American economy. And, you know, like we interviewed Narbe uh, from Canopy Rivers and he was telling us about the Canadian uh, marijuana market. And then he was, you know, saying that the cool thing about the American cannabis market is that they're allowing capitalism to sort of dictate it in an interesting way as opposed to be because it's not federally legal and it hasn't been deschedulized yet. So federal government can't say what's up with weed mm-hmm. here and that's actually an interesting thing because it's forcing the markets to sort of evolve versus where in Canada that's like huge government operations it's, it's just very in. different yeah, yeah. so it's, it's really cool I'm excited to see what happens especially when you can go to New York and like go to a fucking weed shop and then walk around the East Village like goddamn it's gonna be great
0: fuck yes mm-hmm. congrats to everybody yeah very very cool and the, all the people who Get their records taken care of? Like, the whole thing? Okay. Over
1: 160,000 people, which is, you know... I mean, it's lives have been ruined because of the stop-and-frisk laws where it's, you know, uh, disproportionately affected, especially young men of color who have gone to jail for getting popped with a fucking roach. Yeah. You know? Right. So Maybe fucking, it was planted on them, too. Yeah. Expunged that fucking record, and hopefully everyone who has that record expunged and wants to get a job in the legal cannabis industry can do so and profit off the fucking new economy
0: preach oh. mm-hmm. that was yeah. a crunch drop that
1: was a crunch drop
0: <laughs> are your chips so delicious they are they're yeah. the perfect amount of thin and crispy huh they're so good yeah yeah benitos
1: oh ben- they're, made, oh, out they're of, made out of beans
0: they're made out of black beans i'm eating
1: bean chips bean dip
0: oh, oh is that like mr peanut eating a peanut if peanut. you eat a bean dip on a bean chip
1: maybe like, baby yeah i'm gonna be gassy now <laughs> That's whatever. I don't know.
0: Sometimes farts smell okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> we want that. Oh, well. Why?
1: Um. Well, because I'm spending the day with like in a tight space with you tomorrow. Oh, I don't that's be true. Gassy. Because we're our... filming all day. Yeah. We're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be like a tight, tiny kitchen filming food with you all day. I don't want to be like, look out, Mike. <laughs> you know. I don't want to.
0: <laughs> but then we don't cut that out of the video. Yeah. Of Great. course not.
1: Now it's just you know gassy me. It's terrible. We love that character
0: on your guys' cooking videos. Gassy me, more of her. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm so excited for tomorrow, though. We're working on food videos for two really cool recipes.
0: I'm just going to call it out. We may as fucking well. We're making a bunch of really cool cooking videos with our friend from the Tender Friends, uh, Michael Walker. And uh, shout out to Goldleaf because... Yeah. We are going to be developing, testing, and making videos for a bunch of really cool recipes. And we get to document all of them in gold leaf journals, which are fucking beautiful. And I can't be more thankful because they are, they're works of art. I don't know what else to say. They're so They're So, so good.
1: lovely. The cooking journal is, uh, which I'm holding right now, is a cannabis culinary companion. And it's just got all of this amazing information up front with all of the different terpenes and then it goes into recipe development and you can sort of really break down like what everything is that goes into preparing an infused dish it's the shit and they're really like i don't know such a nice addition to your shelf
0: well look at this this looks like art right yeah these, the terpene card looks like a work of art that you would hang on your wall
1: yeah holy shit those are the medical cannabis reference cards and oh that's right like the
0: patient journals right yeah. you can that's a good gift that's
1: the awesome thing so you can go to gold leaf and you can get patient journals there's cooking journals you can get um there's a tasting notes for just specifically for weed so like if you were for that
0: thing i'm judging soon yeah i can like yo exactly word
1: um follow them on insta at gold Leaf, but just with no o it's at g l d l e a f
0: shout out to my parents because you know what you're getting for christmas nice you know what i'm mad about
1: what are you mad about
0: i'm mad because today i went to go get the cherries for that cherry can of cobbler yeah that we're going to be shooting yeah. um it's in mary jane which is kind of cool yeah um and it's already the end of cherry season like we're in stone fruits domain now
1: Oh.
0: it was a bummer
1: what do you got pluots
0: pluots are hot yeah. I everyone loves a pluot, and I'm suspicious of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're grown in a lab or they're grown on a t- two trees that kissed.
1: It's just a hybrid. I think it's just two two yeah, two trees that kissed, exactly.
0: You think so? Do you think yeah. it was just a seed like It's a
1: plum two? and an apricot.
0: Right, but who decided that? A farmer who yes. was playing God?
1: Just, yeah, just a guy. Okay. Just one day, a horticulturalist? Yeah. Or a botanist, I'm not sure. Probably a horticulturalist. Okay. An agriculture dude?
0: I'm open to that. Or
1: a woman? We don't
0: know. I'm open to that. I just don't want my food. I don't. I don't want like uh, lab fruit just yet.
1: Oh, you don't like crosses? Mm.
0: Mm. Like In what the about weed a pom- world, pom- I do.
1: Pom- yeah, exactly. You love a hybrid.
0: I love a hybrid. So,
1: what do you? Th- what do you have against a pomelo?
0: Movies that I've seen,
1: or a Tangelo.
0: It's just because I picture what I've seen in movies, which is them creating the perfect fruit and trying to play God, and then the fruit breaks out and kills everybody, and what? it and it's like poisonous, what? and so it's bad and it kills you too, and it's all full of chemicals and you know blue liquids and serums. What movie is that? <laughs> it's every good sci-fi movie where the, the thing they tried to control breaks out of its cage.
1: Oh, okay. But
0: it's like a pluot.
1: I've just never seen it with fruit. <laughs> it's usually like some kind of genetically spliced monster. So well, I guess it's like, yeah, like a pluot. It's a <laughs> 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 Beware the pluot. Yeah, yeah it, I fucking love it. That's
0: funny. And it's a big like, like kill, attack, to killer, uh, attack uh, of the killer. Attack of the killer. Tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Nice. <laughs> but with pluots. <laughs> but We're like, doing a remake. Pluot Day or something <laughs> yeah. or pluot plague.
0: How come they haven't brought back Attack of the Killer Tomatoes but done a remake with pluots and called it like the Pluot Plague or something? I don't know, man. Let's do They're it. They're doing Lion King. Hollywood,
1: are you listening?
0: <laughs> <laughs> do you like stone fruits?
1: I do like stone fruit. I love a peach. I love a nectarine. I'm not against a pluot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What's your pit? This is a good first date one too. Oh. What's your pit game?
1: uh meaning like how do i extract it
0: well yeah how do you eat the peach I just how do you bite, work with that pit
1: i just bite all of the peach flesh off until there's nothing but the pit left is there any other way
0: do you roll the pit around in your mouth afterwards and have a little something oh, to and, suck like, on
1: suck on those little juicy hairs mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. if it was a particularly juicy ju- juicy peach Definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think that might be my favorite part because, is like, sucking the, on the hairs. Sucking on the hairs. <laughs> I love to suck on the hairs. I do. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, how do I get to the tootsie roll faster? So you got to bite it all. But I love the pit. You can just roll that fucker around for days and just like keep that oral fixation going. Hell yeah. Suck on those hairs. Oh, that's
1: right. You had your tongue pierced. You probably like yeah. Oh,
0: my tongue is banana. It bananas. <laughs> you got me on a fruit kick. Yeah, I love. I love anything in my mouth.
1: What else? What else is there in the fruit world that's like? What do you? What do you into?
0: Hmm. Besides stone fruits? Yeah. I. I. I mean, the peach is perfect. Mm-hmm. I, I think an apricot mm-hmm. is great. I like the apricot because of its size too. Mm-hmm. Th- my favorite
1: dessert is to roast apricots and um, like a brown sugar glaze, and then serve it with a cardamom creme fraiche. One of my favorite, super easy recipes. So good. That sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, it's wow. Sexy. Yes. It's a very sexy dessert.
0: Ooh, that cream gets drizzled over. Mm-hmm. Good God, well, is- Mary Jane. I
1: know. <laughs>
0: Brown sugar drizzle. That was for <laughs> Big Uncle? Yes.
1: I'll say it all. Um,. I don't know about a lot of that. Well, we were talking to my friend Ali Lou, who we had on the pod a few episodes back. And she was saying like in the Philippines that like the what we would consider the exotic fruit are just like on the ground everywhere falling from trees. And what they would crave would be an apple. And I was like, that's such an interesting way to think of like fruit, you know, that we're accustomed to be like being really desired somewhere else. Like someone being like, oh, my God, an apple all the way from this other land. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's so interesting
0: that really is mm-hmm. what do they have over there what's their what's All their the tropical
1: fruit like lychees and mango and papaya and dragon fruit and star fruit and durian and
0: oh fuck those last three what, well what, i why? mean durian's known because of the smell mm-hmm. but i feel like like dragon fruit is yeah. <laughs> it's like it's the most it's the it's a ferrari that like is on blocks Like, it looks so dope, and then you try it, and you're like, this is the most underwhelming Ferrari I've ever seen in my life.
1: It doesn't taste like anything. Nothing. It's, like, totally vapid. It's, like, just, it looks beautiful, and then you put it in your mouth, and you're like, there's nothing there.
0: Oh, it's like an influencer?
1: (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yep, that's right. The dragon fruit is the influencer of the fruit world. (laughs) Nice. That's good. Oh, do you want to get to Buds of the Week? Yes. That was awesome. Oh, my God. Okay, my Bud of the Week is such an incredible follow on Instagram. Please follow her at Gretchen Robinette. That's R-O-B-I-N-E-T-T-E. Gretchen Robinette is an amazing photographer working out of New York, photographing, like, all the coolest festivals and events and people. And we met um, a while back when um, she was selling – she was, like, at a little pop-up market, and I saw these postcards that she had for sale where these, like, vignettes of New York – just fucking blew me away. She does this subway series, and then we worked together on a bunch of high time shoots. And she shot like Margaret Cho and Aquafina and uh, Laura Jane Grace. And she's just amazing. So she's my bud of the week. She's total. Her photos are mind blowing. Great the, bud of the she's week. The best. This
0: is a celebratory day. Mm-hmm. My bud of the week is a uh, been been the bud of the week before. What's a good one for if you've been a bud before?
1: BBB <laughs> like a B. <laughs>
0: <laughs> been a bud before? A been a bud before? Repeat bud. Um, kind. Yeah, kind bud. The kindest oh, bud? Oh,
1: she's the kindest bud. She's the
0: kindest bud. Mm-hmm. And it's Jules underscore Hannah, J-U-L-E-S underscore Hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, Jules underscore Hannah, kind bud. Her game is out of control right now on yeah. Instagram. There's two big things for her. One is um, she just smoked a joint and had leftover Mediterranean food and had chicken shawarma on spinach, some pita, sun-dried tomato hummus, and it was just heaven. Mm-hmm. <sighs> leftover Mediterranean is a very unsung leftover that is like highly revered in my opinion
1: Me, the fucking garlic just the way the garlic permeates everything perfectly after a day in the fridge delish delish mm-hmm. and
0: she just smoked her first puffco peak
1: oh fuck she hit the peak she
0: hit the peak nice. yeah she was like yo this is insane so crisp and clean i mean we can say it. it's okay to say that we interviewed roger the creator of the puffco peak on a passed up, right? Yeah, absolutely. Spotlight okay. Series Puffco. Yeah, oh, I don't want to take anything away from Jules. I just think it's really cool that she finally hit one. Like, yeah. it was fucking awesome. Hell yes. Yeah. Damn. Damn. This is a great day. This is
1: a great day. <laughs> a good setup for amazing guest.
0: She drops a lot of knowledge. I've been friends with Alexis now for, boy, I don't know, Five six years, and she just has like always been one of those people where I'm like, oh, you have you have ways that I'm gonna like incorporate in my life. It's gonna make me a better person. But Mm -hmm. she's also funny as fuck. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm just happy to call her a friend. I'm a little
1: bit in awe of her. When I met her, I was like, you're so truly like extraordinary as a human being in every way. (laughs) Right. Yeah. She's an extraordinary person. Enlightened. Yeah.
0: Is a big word for me. Fucking
1: funny. Like some of her writing is just so perfectly. It's like surgical so good she's yep. so funny
0: fuck mad magazine reductress yeah okay all should right. we get into it yes all right this is our vib our very important bud everybody please enjoy our conversation with alexis novak magical butter
1: magical butter
0: how much fun is that
1: magical butter is the best machine for making all of your edibles at home
0: let me ask you three questions okay can i make infused chocolates yes gummies yes tinctures yes oils yes butter that was
1: five <laughs> <laughs> and yes, and you can buy magical ghee from magicalbutter.com, and that's Whole30 approved and compliant, so you can infuse your own ghee and then still be on your Whole30 diet.
0: Ooh, that sounds... I'm actually thinking about doing Whole30 again.
1: Well, you should get your Magical Butter machine and get that gee going.
0: Get that gee going. Get that gee
1: going. (laughs) Magicalbutter.com. Use promo code WEEDANDGRUB at checkout for 20%
0: off. And check out their Instagram because it is the sexiest food pics I've ever seen. So go to at Magical Butter and peep it, follow it, like it, fave it comment
1: <laughs> lick it like it love it they're good vibes all day good people doing good things magicalbutter.com use the promo code weed and grub at checkout give them a follow and make your own edibles at home man why know what goes into them and you'll feel so good yeah
0: that should be their tagline yeah magical butter
1: you know what goes into it and then you feel good <laughs> magicalbutter.com promo code weed and grub at checkout will get you 20 percent off
2: Are you, you guys don't watch Love Island. I don't know what Love Island is. I don't know what it is. You guys are adults. What what is Love Island? Uh, So Love Island is, it originally was a European show that mixes all the worst parts of The Bachelor, The Real World, and Big Brother. So people come onto the island, single women and single men. They're all really attractive. The men have to have shaved chests, I think. And they, they basically just play games with these people and they're trying to couple up because the two people at the end who stay a couple win $50,000 each.
0: So is there like road rules challenges?
2: Kind of. Or is it more
0: like love challenges where it's You're, like chemistry based?
2: Kind of, but it's worse than that. Like last night's challenge was called... Um, empty bag or bad baggage or something like that and then each one of them just got handed a suitcase that just had their deepest darkest secret in it and they just had to read it out loud wow it's really bad
0: i would watch the fuck out of
2: that i've been watching it and the thing is is it's on 5 nights a week it just started here in the us before it was in the uk and i had to watch it with subtitles because i couldn't understand <laughs> anything they were saying
0: i can't watch flea bag well, it- you know right <laughs> yep. Yeah. Can't do it.
1: Love it.
2: <laughs> Bugga. Love it so yeah. much. Like it's are they boning? Yes. Are they drunk? Absolutely. Drunk and boning. And they're all like 23.
0: Oh, so they're in yeah. the prime of their fuck fest.
2: Yeah, and yeah. they're all like beautiful.
0: <laughs> so you're you're watching like an orgy every night and then the orgy is combined with just Emotional chaos.
2: Yes, because then they're you're forced. They force them to go on these like little dates where they literally have to sit there and just be like, "It was hot today, wasn't it?" Mm, yeah, it was hot today. <laughs> it's like, "Yeah, I like your earrings," and she's like, "I know, I like didn't know if I was going to wear them, but I was like tassels, <laughs> you know, <laughs> things like that." And then wow, and then it's back to like the normal stuff.
0: This is wild that you watch this shit because you are like so deep in the yoga, mindful, spiritual balance game and then you just watch people sell their souls for what i'm going to guess is 300 bucks an episode regardless of if they win or not. It's
2: a compassion exercise. <laughs> because honestly, i we i'm under the um the um, thought that we are all truly the same like even more the same than we can even like conceptualize and so they are me I am them also I watch it with the intent of just enjoying it mm-hmm. i you know I, I don't I and that's I feel there's i'm not watching it to be like oh these people are so uh. it's like no I'm watching it to enjoy their the essence of what they really are which is very funny to me <laughs> I like it
0: I think all three of us here have unlocked how to have a conversation and how to get through the world by like, like we've learned how to talk with people. And that is a skill that I think no one has.
2: Um, say more.
0: Okay. I love when you say that. See, that's what I'm talking about. That is an example of what I'm talking about. (laughs) We've had text threads, Alexis and I, and it doesn't matter what they're about. But the idea of the invitation to say more doesn't come across many times. It Usually somebody else would say like, oh, let me insert what I think that is and like put myself upon that instead of give you the space to keep going. Say more is a dope two-word combination (laughs) that I think more people should take advantage of in their lives when it comes with how to talk with people.
2: Yeah. I took that from Esther Perel, just so everyone knows. Who's Esther Perel? Esther Perel is... uh, an innovative sex, sex and relationship therapist who um, she has her own podcast called Where Should We Begin and uh, she l- lets you in on couples therapy you literally listen to people's couples therapy and then she pauses it throughout and explains in her own like she edits it she explains what's going on in, mm-hmm. in her head as a psychologist and like what she's doing within their relationship Mm-hmm. it's so interesting and also every episode I can relate with both parties mm-hmm. like I find something where I'm like oh I've done that or oh I felt that it's really special you said that you feel like
1: nobody does that like what, what the three of us do is this special skill that you feel like is lacking in the rest of the world oh yeah I I want you to say more about
0: that <laughs> I nobody knows how to talk with each other Everybody knows how to talk about themselves next to somebody else, yeah, but nobody knows how to talk with each other.
1: Hmm. They talk at
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: and also they they need to insert themselves in order to relate like I was just reading a an article about grief and how people try to relate to other people who are grieving by saying they know what they're going through because of something that they themselves have been mm-hmm. through. And I can't remember how it was termed. It was some narcissistic conversation or something. It was sort of like, oh, I know exactly how you feel about that because when I was going through this thing, and it's actually really hard when you're in the grief to have someone else try and put their experience on you. But the person doing that, it doesn't come from a bad place. It comes from that sort of empathic trying to reach out and they just don't know how to do it. And it's, to not a, yeah, it's, it's a skill that you actually have to learn in order to just say, I hear you. You know that—that's that's really all you can say. Like, I see you, I hear you, I'm here to listen. Um, but I think there are lots of people who do that. I have several friends who are like the best at that. But it's most of them have been through a lot and have worked on it really hard.
2: Uh, there was a another uh, Tara Brock, who's another. She's one of my favorite meditation teachers. She said something once, and I think about it once a day at least most of the time more and i apply it especially to my engaging with my republican parents Mm -hmm. uh is saying she says to truly listen to somebody else is to be open to being changed by what you hear she was like how often throughout the day are we actually open to being changed by what the other person's gonna say Mm -hmm. she was like most of the time we're not we're just like okay i'll I'll let this run through me for a second, I'll give what I need to give back, but I'm not, I'm not ready to, I'm not open to reorganize what I'm, my belief system or, you know, even something simpler than that for what the other person's giving.
1: Yeah. Well, how terrifying to be changed by someone else. Yeah. I mean, that's so scary. Why would I want anyone to change me? I like how I am just fine, thank you very much, get the fuck away from me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, yeah.
0: Why is it so important that you worked on yourself to be able to were you are you born angry and you were like, I don't want to live like this Like why are you who you are?
2: Well, I was uh, Born I was not born angry, uh, but I I actually f- couldn't really feel anger until like last year maybe if that uh, Like I legitimately couldn't locate it in my body. I would get sad I would get you know closed off, but I couldn't get that per- and anger is protective and um, I was born into sort of a chaotic—not sort of—I was born into a chaotic <laughs> environment. Um, my mom is not well, uh, mentally unwell, and my dad uh, took took the big took on a crazy undertaking and raised me by himself, and basically took me out of a really unhealthy situation with her. And I kind of hmm, had—I'm like trying to like piece together how to uh, describe it. I developed pieces of my personality that I now really like uh, through going through things that I think a lot of other kids didn't, but a lot of other kids did actually too. So Mm. as I got older, I started—I of course uh, tried drugs and alcohol. I was like, this, this will do it. This is good. I'll be the only person ever that this will work for.
0: (laughs) Right. Oh, it's so accessible, which means it's a sign that it'll work for me. 100%. Like, yeah,
2: I'm going to be the one who wins over this substance. And then I was the way I described it when I came to my dad and was like, I need help. This is, this is insane. I was like, I am bankrupt in so many areas, so many like boxes in my life like spiritually like financially emotionally like everything is is the well is so far dry and so um then I started uh going to yoga like well I've been going to yoga with my aunt uh, since I was 16 I think she saw that maybe I would need a little bit of direction Hmm. and brought me and I went when I was younger I was like okay and then I started going more when I was 18 19 and I remember so many times like laying on my yoga mat and being like oh you've been hurt like you've been hurting like this is like you're just hurting like you're not because I didn't even recognize that that's what was happening until I laid on a yoga mat and started recognizing my breath and actually like trying to like touch in on my heart space and see what's going on there and when I did I was like oh okay I get it. Mm-hmm. You were starting fires because you wanted to be seen. You needed to get someone's attention. Like, I see that now. And and that's evolved into my, I teach yoga now. Yeah. I was talking to Mary Jane before the podcast started. Um, I've gotten extremely into trauma. PTSD is something that they, that trauma nobody escapes like not one human being on the earth ever escapes from having trauma so every single person it's like Peter Levine who's this um he's a somatic experience he's a creator of somatic experiencing to release trauma from the body uh he says people say love unites everyone he was like trauma unites everyone Mm. he's like
1: well it just makes it easier to have compassion for everyone yeah think think of it in that way it's really and, hard to love everyone, but I can understand that, yeah, we all have trauma.
2: And he describes trauma as a broken bond, a sudden broken bond. And, like, I didn't realize, like, for a lot of my relationships in my early 20s, I was, like, in full-blown hypervigilance, PTSD, like, constantly. And I did not realize that's what that was until I finally recognized it and was like, oh. There's a name
0: for this. There's a
2: name for this. And also, it's so unoriginally not my fault it's like not my fault like i thought i was you know like i was like i don't need therapy i don't need to talk to anyone i don't need like i had i could think my way out of it it's like oh no honey <laughs> like your house was built on on a faulty like on a fault line mm-hmm. you're gonna you can't fight this even if you sit and hold on to the chair and pray like your shit's gonna rumble <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it did yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: One of the things that I'm learning in therapy, I was diagnosed with PTSD uh, several years ago and, you know, work really hard on remapping. And one of the things that I was just talking with my therapist about is she was like, you know, one of the things that you have to treat yourself with is compassion for the fact that, you know, you wouldn't ask someone who has a heart condition to go for a run on the beach. Yeah. You wouldn't tell someone who has bad lungs to walk into smog. As someone who bears a traumatic load, you need to be kind to yourself when you're entering situations that are going to trigger yourself because you need to understand that that's something that you just need to approach knowing your condition. You wouldn't eat a ton of sugar if you were a diabetic. So if you have this traumatic load and this stress and these responses to certain you know, in- environmental factors, just really, like, be kind to yourself. You know, stay with it, but know that you are wired differently than other people because of the things that have happened, and that's something that you have to forgive yourself for. It's not your fault.
2: This is, this is, I'm glad that we're talking about this. Because it's important work. Because I, we've gone in the, the meditation community, it has come up a lot of how to, how do you open up and have compassion for people like... Trump. Yep. Right. And... And it's like, how do you even? How do you even start there? How do you even start? I don't. To feel I can't. You can't. I can't. You can't locate it. Can, nope. She's like, there's not <laughs> doesn't even- exist in my body. <laughs> yeah. Just crushed
0: her can.
2: <laughs> and the way that they've said that we start to do it is to say, "May you be free from suffering." Like, "May you be free from whatever has caused." But I want him to suffer I know know. it's so hard but yes which is I I hear what you're saying which is I mean and there are I mean on I went on a silent meditation retreat and there was this was actually a hot button topic that Mm -hmm. a guy like raised his hand and was like yo like this is crazy I cannot feel and the instructor was like I'm with you I'm with I've 100% this has been a challenge for me as well and I've been practicing for so long. I do have a... a, Can I tell a story about meditation? Yes. Yes, Yes. the time is yours. Yeah. Say more.
0: Okay, well.
2: (laughs) So there's this meditation called meta meditation. It's called loving kindness meditation. It's my favorite type. Uh, It's it's a heart-centered practice. And basically it's like you're sending out well wishes into the world. Like uh, everyone has a frequency they're sending out and it's under the theory that any negativity or, or, or t- like any ill will that you put out is because you're unaware of your own frequency. You're unaware of what you're putting out there. Mm. Like you're unaware of what's happening. So, well, when you do meta meditation, it's like you're ringing a bell and then you just like let the reverberation come out. And you do it with uh, easy easy people to do it with so you do it your loved ones you know you do it with Bobo you do it with whoever you do it with a neutral person which is a person that's just like someone you see all the time but you don't have a personal relationship with Um, and then eventually you do it with a difficult person and then you can do it with yourself so throughout our vipassana practice which is a silent meditation retreat there's no talking no eye contact uh no reading no writing you're, you're built to bump up against boredom.
1: Right. And into walls, probably, too. Apparently. Yeah. I mean, you can, like,
2: look down. <laughs> yeah. And you can. And so you, you sit every day and just basically observe your patterns of thought. Because there were some times where I was so annoyed. And it's like, I haven't even spoken to someone in three days. But we were working on neutral people. And are you familiar with Chaz Dean? Yes, I just walked past Chaz
1: Dean's house, in fact. Do you know where Chaz Dean's house is? He's our neighbor. Okay. So
2: if ce-
0: you don't know celebrity he is, just Google him.
2: hairstylist, basically, he's, right? He's a celebrity hairstylist. He's just... Over the top. He's over the top, but James and I are his... Na- we're neighbors, and so we've been invited to... Well, James has been invited every year to... He has two parties. He has a summer party and a holiday party. And I was like, we're absolutely going. That house is amazing. So we went to his party, and Chaz Dean is the best. He's so nice. He needs to fire his retouch guy immediately, because he looks so normal and handsome and gorgeous in person. And then on his billboards, he looks like a a Komodo dragon (laughs) with a blowout. (laughs) You know? Yeah. (laughs) And so, anyways, so I'm up in the mountains. I haven't spoken to anyone in three days. I'm not, I'm at this meditation retreat. I'm meditating legitimately eight hours a day. I'm zombied. And we have to get on neutral people. And she's like, okay, and like pick somebody who is neutral. And she's like, like a neighbor or a mailman. And I was like, Chaz Dean, (laughs) Chaz Dean. And so I sat up in the mountains for an hour and a half and sent Chaz Dean well wishes. May you feel happiness. May you feel at home on earth. May you feel safe in your body. May you feel, but you have to say their name and see their face. And so I was just up there having this like experience. And now every time I pass one of his billboards, I like have this like warmth in my heart. Because I'm like, like we had a moment and you have no idea. Like I you are you were you kept me centered for an hour man what
0: are the peaks because i feel like i'm picturing it i'm like all right i'd be there an hour one i'm getting in it i'm forcing myself to em- embrace it by the end of day one i'm kind of like okay i think i got a handle on this <laughs> by the end of day three i am ready to leave oh yeah and by the end of like day six i don't know where i don't know where i'm at when there's still one more day like how does it all unlock
2: so i think uh it's different but also the same for everyone in the fact that day three i think day one and day three are the hardest days like day three i was negotiating in my head like a drug addict like i was like i'm gonna tell him my lasik is messed up like i got LASIK surgery and my eyes are burning i'm gonna leave like i'm gonna tell him like i don't feel good and that is like that negotiating where when you're not, you have no sensory input. I sat with myself and said like, okay, what's, you, wanna, you wanna leave, why? My food was taken care of, My I had a nice warm bed, nobody was asking me to do anything. Uh, I had no work to do, I had no phone calls to answer, I had nothing, so what was I running from? And then also the thought of like, okay, you leave, then what? I'm going with me when I leave <laughs> you know like this whole thing this whole experience is coming with me wherever you go there you are exactly mm-hmm. and so um, after I figured that out then I really was able to go a little bit deeper I mean it's just so it's boring it's boring to not have stimulus but after I did it I felt like I could really do do a lot more than I thought I could before
0: our chakras real
2: Well, uh, depends on who you ask. The chakras do line up with the endocrine system, and the endocrine system is real. I will say that. Mm -hmm. So, yes, and yeah, I guess they they are real in the fact that there are um, energy energy centers. I'll call it energy centers. Um, There are parts. There are quads of your body that release certain hormones and regulate certain systems in your body. So, your pituitary gland. your, you know, sexual health cum ba- basket. Your yoni.
0: Your yoni. Mm-hmm. That's the word. Your
2: yoni. What mm-hmm. What is the male equivalent of a yoni? Yeah. Wait, they a yoni is the egg, right?
1: Isn't the isn't your yoni your like your vulva, your vagina? Is oh, the- probably yeah. yoni
2: egg is the egg thing that. Oh, the jade egg. The, the jade, jade egg. The Gwyneth yeah.
1: Paltrow egg. The yeah. goop. The goop egg. <laughs>
2: The goop egg. Gross. Um,
0: Honey, where's my goop? Yoni.
2: Wait, the yoni, the equivalent of a yoni for a man would be? Cumbucket? What did you call it? Just like a,
0: uh, I don't know, yeah. Well, Your milk
2: hose? <laughs> oh, yeah. <There> you go. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, shit.
0: That's real fun to funny to picture.
2: <laughs> so I just came up with that one and I'm outgrossed myself. With yeah, it's that. pretty gross.
0: Well we can come back to what we're talking about, but that's a pretty solid fucking transition into like reductress and oh. comedy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as as much as I look at you as somebody who um, has is like deep into yoga, has a lot figured out and has put in the work to figure it out for themselves. You're also mad fucking funny, which Thank is a you. cool balance that I can, when I consider you, I'm like, what do I want in a friend? I want someone who who is working to have their shit together and is funny as fuck.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, I also write, write some, I write for Reductress. Um, I did write for Mad Magazine, uh, RIP. So yeah, and then uh, Reductress, Reductress is so fun. Reductress (laughs) is, it's basically for those who don't know, the female onion. Yeah. It's the onion. If it was only directed at females, it is for females by females. Like it is not trying to be anything else.
0: Before we get into it, I, it's a shitty question to ask, Sure. but it's a question that I feel like people would want to know. How did you get, how did you get Reductress?
2: Okay. So this is a good question because I've been asked actually more than Once, um, so Reductress takes uh, submissions for freelance. Basically, all the writers are freelance, except for the two editors and the intern, um, and they're based in New York. They um, take new writer. They add writers to their masthead. um, I think every annually, might be biannually, and you submit a packet. And I've submitted. I submitted to them before uh a couple years ago and i did not get it and then uh i submitted again and then got it and it was this reductress was such a win for me because of because i had already tried before and because i'm such a fan of it already so when i finally got added to the list i was like oh this is it was fun it was
0: good Mm -hmm. it wasn't about the money (laughs) <laughs> this is one of my favorites. I hope I get the timing right. Actually, should I read this? I feel like can I put you on blast? I feel like a dude reading this is inappropriate considering it's reductress. Oh, you want me to read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like I'll tell you what's funny. Let me read this one.
2: <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna fuck it up too. Can you read it? Okay. Alright. Okay. <laughs> this is also it feels up. weird though. I'm reading my own thing. Ah, instead of saying he wants to fuck his coworker, this guy just calls her his work wife. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that came from someone who I follow online who re- repeatedly posts pictures of him and this girl who he clearly wants, wants to penetrate. And he, it just keeps going like, my work wife, like I love my work wife. It's like, dude. Ask her out. <laughs> Not only that, but like, Work wife is such an odd, odd idea. Right. Like, what does that mean? Work wife, rather than being like.
0: It means you have a home mommy and you have a work mommy. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. It means that it's okay for you to have an inappropriate relationship with an empl- with a, a co-worker is what it means to me. Yeah. I know some people, when I posted that, some people were really like, but wait, I have someone, I have a work wife and it's like. Okay, I don't... You have like a weird intimacy with someone at your
1: job. Yeah, yeah. which is be friends with them. Sure.
2: Be good friends with them. Mm-hmm. I'm really good friends with my... like.
0: It's code for pictured you masturbating. Yes. Yes.
2: Yes. I, yeah. Rather than it's like, it, I feel like for men, because you never hear, I mean, you hear women say it to other women, but you don't hear women like, that's my work husband. No. Like, because it gives guys the past to be like, borderline inappropriate with mm-hmm. women at work, I think. Where it's like, you're my work wife. You know, it's fine. She's like my work wife. The dude who called me his work wife when I used to be at a
1: magazine uh, told me that I had great body control.
2: <laughs> Were you, make- was the magazine about bodybuilding? <laughs> what <No>. was <laughs>
1: I was wearing a sundress and I like sat down in a chair and he watched like every inch of me and then he like scanned me from head to foot and he was like, you have great body control and i was like wowzers that no thank you is so invasive yeah it felt really weird i didn't like it
2: the male gaze Mm -hmm. i in amsterdam there is a red light district museum Mm -hmm. and there is a interactive part of the museum where you get to see what it feels like to be inside the the booth like to have people walking by and it's so realistic just have these men like staring and they stand there and it's uncomfortable because you're standing in this little box and James was like oh that's the male gaze because mm-hmm. he's never had m- multiple men look at him like that mm-hmm. he's never felt that invasiveness and I was like oh yeah that's like Tuesday yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like what do you that's that's the male gaze yeah just wait till they start reaching for you that's like, me
1: going to the Seven Eleven at like 2am to you know get some Gatorade yeah that's, that's crazy
0: do you want to be in a writer's room
2: that's a good question um I thought I did for a while uh I don't think I do anymore I'm um working right now on um a book that's not well it's funny but it's not funny for adults (laughs) and um I kind of want to focus on just putting putting stuff out there that that's in you know that's what I want to put out there and also that's meaningful to me i feel um i used to want to be in a late night writer rolly really intensely but mm-hmm.
0: you can write a fucking hot joke
2: i like i like writing jokes it's so much fun That's why twitter is like my best friend and my worst enemies because it is very fun to do but um there's a lot of other things that are i feel more important to me personally
0: it's illustrated right yes the illustrations are very cool
2: Oh, you've seen you've seen part of it. It's it is totally um, morphed since the last time you saw it. But yes, it's illustrated. I'm working with a, a amazing illustrator. Her name's Nadia. She's um, from Ecuador. She's incredible. I'm basically trying to create a, a story for a person, uh, things that I wanted as a child to to learn about hmm. that I didn't have someone to talk to me about. So. Heavy, heavy, heavy issues, illustrated and given in a child's child's way. We were
0: texting last night, and you would ask me if I'd done LSD yet.
2: Ah, yes. And
0: I was like, well, Mary Jane and I were given some, and I still haven't tried it, but both of you have microdosed or m- macro-dosed. Mm-hmm. And uh, as the odd person out, I just wanted to like tee it up to talk about that. Part of your lives as well
2: yeah um I was oh, my heart was open to psychedelics I guess a year and a half or two years ago after reading uh like like basically everyone in the last two years who has started with psychedelics reading the book how to open your mind by Michael Pollan mm-hmm. um and I I was actually kind of against psychedelics I I Think that they the media and the world did a really good job of making them seem so scary and such a like terrifying experience that I was like I don't you know I'm not interested and then I read that book about how truly that drug was created for healing properties for expansiveness for um, accessing parts of yourself that, that you can't access otherwise and, and then I, I researched it, read about it, and then I started to do it, and it changed my life. <laughs> I've been on SSRI, um, antidepressants, and anti-anxiety medication. Uh, I'm still on it, but um, this helped me m- more than those have, in a different way. I would say more and in a different way. What's your experience? I think that psychedelics help
1: us understand what happens when we die. Mm -hmm. I find that really helpful, like when processing things that I'm maybe sad about because I miss someone. You know, it helps me feel more connected to everything.
2: So I just really like them. I find them, they're a huge part of my life. It's undeniable, our bigness and our littleness Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you take them. And it also is, um, for me, it helped me stay present in the moment Uh, and it melted away a lot of these holding patterns that I have where I was able to actually experience life as it is rather than life behind all these little, you know, um, I wasn't holding life through gloves. Mm -hmm. I was able to actually touch it with my skin because, you know, my whole... When you go through different experiences and you develop, you know, emotional calluses it's like you're holding life through gloves so you can't fully get the grasp of the good or the bad or you just are and so when I took it off I was able to actually I was like oh Mm. like I did it for the first time and I was by the way microdosing you don't have any um psycho uh active responses not like you're tripping and like all over the place like Mm. I virtually know no difference except for the fact that I feel better, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was going about my day, and then all of a sudden, eight hours had passed, and I'd gotten all my things done, and and I was like, oh, I actually like in that book, I was like, this was, I was content today. Mm-hmm. I was able to actually do what I wanted to do, mm-hmm. and there I wasn't strapped to worry or mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and I think that paired with, which later on, hopefully sooner than later. We'll be able to do trip like guided trips with therapists, which I know underground is possible right now, but I hope that it's more widespread because um, it could really help a lot of people. It's, people need it to be available, especially right now. If like, Prozac and SSRIs, with how damaging long-term they are, mm-hmm. can be available, they, these these uh, healing properties should be as well. Do you smoke weed? Sometimes, but. But I have stopped doing it as much because when I smoke weed, I send everyone to voicemail <laughs> in real life. You know, uh-huh. and like my beloved does not enjoy when I'm unreachable. Mm-hmm. He he likes to be able to reach me, and he cannot when I'm when I'm very high. But if I'm by myself, like if he's on tour or whatever, yeah, when I'm watching TV and stuff. But I can't convert. I can't. I'm not a full person when I'm high. I know there's different strands and things like that. I have like two that I like. What are they? The Dosist Calm mm-hmm. and then Pineapple Jack, which Steve Agee gave me. Nice. Trust him. Yeah. I trust him too. He's one of my yogis. Like I do yoga with him. Mm-hmm. And he just was like, do you want some weed, by the way? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And then he came back with like. Like, a baggy full. And then he also came back with, like... Him and Busy Phillips have a, a podcast. We're no doctors. Yes. Yeah. So they have... Uh, they get mail different things from their sponsors. So Quip is one of them. The toothbrush. And they mail it to Steve's house. Not her house. Because, obviously... And, uh, and he was like, do you want this? I have like so many boxes of toothbrushes. So I like came home from doing yoga and I like had, and James was like, why do you have Busy Phillips toothbrushes and a bag of weed? <laughs> like, Where were you? And I was like, ah, I was teaching yoga, I swear.
0: It sounds like the keys for you to living your best life are yoga, meditation. And then just being honest with yourself
2: meditation is really the the thing sitting Mm -hmm. quietly with yourself to get to know yourself and get to know what's happening and and meet it compassionately like actually meet it like a i visualize myself as a small child like in my head when i'm like Mm self-talking i like stop myself and i'm like okay come here and i visualize me as a like little kid and i'm like you're okay may you feel love may you feel connection and sometimes i'll even like rock back and forth because it's like that's me still uh but yeah that's that would be my to living a full life
0: plugs plugs i don't really have uh
2: duncan my friend's in a Dunkin' donuts commercial (laughs) so please go and check that out tag him in that and, uh, and it's
0: on Love Island every night. Apparently, okay. it's it is
2: on Love Island every night. It's part of our ritual. That's so great. I love it. I don't really have anything else. Yeah. I don't and know if
0: to... you want to uh, check out my friend, it's on Instagram at Alexis Girl Novak. That's A L E X I S Girl Novak is N O V A K. You're a great follow on the old IG. Yes. Wait. And I also have a friend on Twitter if you want to follow them there. Also, Alexis Girl Novak.
2: It's the same. It's the same on both. It's stupid on both. I used to call everyone girl. Uh, I used to work at a restaurant, and I would call um, all the chefs. I would call them girl uh, and Sweet Baby Angel. And it was one of the most fun jobs. Like, I had so much fun at that job. Um, but then everyone started calling me Alexis Girl Novak because I would call everyone girl all the time. Mm-hmm. And then it just got legs, and I can't change it now.
0: Mm-mm. You have those blue check marks. It's too late. Can't go back.
2: Yeah, I also at that job ha- put a sign up that said "No singing of diamond or rhinestone cowboy past this point," <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. When you walked into the kitchen, <laughs> I don't know. I miss that job. It was so carefree.
0: If people here live in L.A. and they want to reach out to you and do private sessions or yoga or anything, do you teach somewhere or do you do that kind of thing?
2: Yeah. So I teach uh, two classes a week right now uh, at Love Yoga Space, the East location in um, Echo Park. I'm on and off because I'm traveling a lot. But... uh, and then I do, yeah, I do private sessions. Just email me, DM me. And if you need me to punch anything up, I will do that too. <laughs> For a price that would amaze you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And the turnaround time is bananas.
2: I have a life. I have a life. I, I Come on, not that fast. Mm, kind of fast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fast. So a lot of times I'm like waiting to push because I'm like, I don't want them to think that I'm like too, too eager. But then, you know, I get excited. I love writing. Yeah. yeah
0: so good at it thank you for listening bye bye
2: bye